Okay, welcome to another edition of the Forever Bristol City podcast, a much-needed win on the road after 159 days without one. It finished at Ewood Park, Blackburn nil, City one. Joining me uh, today are uh, Mark and Ian. They're going to give uh, some analysis of the game because I was at Old Trafford yesterday watching, uh, I must say, don't support either team, watching Ronaldo get that hat-trick. First of all, you, uh, Mark, just a quick summary of the game as you saw it. Um, City started the game uh, well with uh, Semenyo going close after two minutes and James really influencing the game with his passing. But uh, lost lost control for for large periods with Blackburn's midfield runners taking over in the second half. But despite that, and a soft penalty being given away after 83 minutes, City found their second win with Naki Wells being influential and the real game changer. That and a fantastic Volley by Vyman set up a vital win, 159 days since the last one, a welcome three points, and City virtually safe from relegation. Yeah, would you uh, concur with uh, Mark's view there, uh, Ian, on the game overall? Yeah, very much so. Uh, Positives for me. First away win in six months, or 159 days if you prefer. Three points, clean sheet, uh, 90 minutes in the legs for James and Williams, and no bookings for Joe. Um, Cundy was the best of our centre-backs and someone, I can't remember who it was, has been banging on about giving him a chance for about three or four months. But I I just can't bring to mind who it was and who was getting called all kinds of uh, Michael Hunts uh, for saying it. Uh, Bentley was man of the match again, which and I agree with absolutely everything Nigel Pearson said after the game. And I thought Pearson's reflection on the game absolutely mirrored mine and and was spot on. Uh, I would say that, wouldn't I? Um, 20 points clear of the relegation zone with only nine games left is key. I know some teams have got one game in hand or whatever, but it's looking a, a, it's looking really, really desperate for the bottom four in particular. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the shape of the side, uh, Mark, um, no Callas. We'll talk more about his absence uh, later on, maybe looking forward to the Barnsley game, but um, no, no Callas, but you know, Andy Vyman playing a sort of pseudo right wing back role. Is that how you saw it? Yeah, and um that that was that was a surprise for me. Um that maybe we didn't, you know, didn't put Pring there and uh sorry, put De Silva there and move Pring Pring over to the left because we knew we'd lose Vyman's attacking qualities at right wing back. I've seen him play there against Preston, but that was when both sides were going for a win midway late in the second half. So the game's a lot, a lot different there. You're relying on the guy's defensive capabilities because you're playing against a, a supposed better side. So it's all about a positional play, and that was, you know, expectedly lacking. And he was totally he was missing from most of the game in an, in an attacking sense um, because he just didn't see see a lot of the ball. But we looked solid, but back free. Cundy was superb, closer assured again. Rob Atkinson a little bit ring rusty. Uh, I think because of his long absences with COVID and he looked leggy, good midfield, flat three, although they really got hurt by Blackburn's movement in the second half and throwing their centre-backs forward. But we held strong. uh, And I think that ability to find energy in the last 10 minutes, especially when really last week, Williams and James just went backwards for the last quarter of the game. Uh, really surprised me. That was pleasant. That was a pleasant thing, not just the win, but that we looked strong at the end because yeah. we looked like 
in most of the second half, it was just a question of time before Blackburn scored one and they probably would have got a second. Yeah. Easy. Ian, Ian, were you surprised that he started with uh, James and Williams and that just didn't really work and they ran out of pass and he ended with Sengo, although when he did come on, it wasn't his best performance. Yeah, Same Dave, again, Dave. Your, uh, your, your, mic's, uh, your mic's going a little bit. Oh. Yeah, I heard the question. I... Um, I was expecting Masengo to start in midfield for one of James and Williams with them dropping to the bench because, lest we forget, there was only, we only had 17 first-team squad players available yesterday. What And he threw two of those, uh, seemed to have gone under the bus. Uh, Zach Biner was nowhere to be seen. And, and uh, I don't know what was right, if Max O'Leary was ill or something like that, but Walls Richards was on the bench. Uh, I've seen Vyman it, it uh, wing back before. It was, uh, uh, as Mark said, up at Preston towards the end of the game when we were chasing it, he played right wing back. Um, I've seen him play left wing back on a night game away at Millwall that we won 2-1 a few years ago when Jamie Patterson got a worldy free kick and Fam scored. So I think he can do it. Um, I don't think up to the point he scored a goal, he was having a great game there. And I think it was a good job that Rob Atkinson was as good as he was uh, against uh, the little winger. What was his name? Kadera or Kadra? Kadera. Kadra. Kadra. Uh, uh, and he looked tricky. And as, as uh, was said on commentary, uh, he's probably the last bloke you'd set Robbie Cundy to mark. But Robbie Cundy's played twice now, half the game at Forest. And I thought he's excelled in both. He looks a defender. And by that, I mean... Um, He's no donkey. He can control the ball. He can pass it. Um, I don't see him making searing runs forward. However, I do see him stopping the bloke he's playing against. And I think a lot of modern defenders could learn from that because they see a lot of them seem better coming up the field than they are actually doing their job in defending. So I think, yeah. I think whilst there's more to him than that, the other thing I'd say to Nigel Pearson is extend the lad's contract because his contract's out in the summer. And if I was a scout looking at that game yesterday and I was looking at players that I could potentially pick up for nothing, his name would have been top of the list. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Let's get into uh, the action. And I say I don't want to dwell too much on it because I can see it myself. I'll come to you first, Mark. Um, highlights of the first half. For you on the sky highlights, I saw that uh, typical reflex save by Bentley going down to his left from a corner, and I think Semenyo went close. But what what was the first half like from your perspective? Well, the, I mean, in the, in the first two minutes, um, it was a great move down the left, and was, was ending with Semenyo. He, he did did the uh, the right back inside out, came inside, and he could have he could have tried. Crossing it, I mean, he went. He went for the far post, and Vyman was uh, was about two yards behind the ball, uh, trying to put it in. And then, apart from that, really, the only chance we had was another good move from De Silva down the left, where he hits the back post to Martin, and Semenyo got it all wrong, and he ended up volleying the ball down into the ground. And Kaminsky made an easy save. I mean, City started strongly, um, the base in midfield, James making good passing moves, but the problem was we were hurrying our passing. We could have got the ball behind the Blackburn full, full backs, but we ended up 
giving the ball giving the ball away in key areas even when yeah. we when we look when we look good that that was the problem and then we Blackburn were probing and playing the ball behind uh behind our center backs uh and had a couple and had a couple of chances but the only real one was from Lenehan a corner where he headed it straight into the center of the goal and, and Bentley made an easy save yeah it went so it's very, he got down he got down well for that as i saw it yeah even yeah, Ian, uh, mm. you've got your mic off at the moment. According to what I can see there, but I'm sure you can speak. There we go, Ian. Um, first half for you. Uh, the referee um, in that opening period, reading between the lines, that Blackburn started doing this, throwing themselves on the ground, and they're a bit limited without Brett and Diaz as an attacking force, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I picked up on the uh, Brett and Diaz. I mean, you, anybody that scores. 20 goals in 30 games, you're, you're gonna, it's going to be a big miss. But it's also fair to say that City had six out um, yesterday and some of them would be first-choice players if fit. So you had Baker, Callas, King, uh, Palmer, O'Dowd and Tanner all out. Now, it doesn't help that Tanner's the only available or, or the only in favour, I'll call it, <laughs> uh, right back, right wing back at the club. So with necessity being the mother of invention, uh, Vyman goes in at right, right wing back. I don't particularly want to see him play there against Barnsley on Tuesday um, because I, I think we need, even if it means switching Jada Silva over and bringing Cameron, Cameron Pring in it, left wing back, I think we need to stick with the three, providing they're all fit and ready to go. Um, and I, th I think we could return to the two up top environment in behind um, at Barnsley while still playing uh, the, the three and the four across the middle. Now, let's, Ian, let's talk about Barnsley in a minute. Let's wrap up, yeah. wrap up on the game. Um, second half, uh, Mark, I'll come to you. Uh, Bradley back his much awaited uh, comeback. I was looking at pulling into the uh, park on my drive space in the corner from. Old Trafford went, penalty was awarded, upset uh, that. And unlike typical Bristol City, you know, the, uh, the pride made at somebody's party, sort of thing, suddenly he saved it. It was a crap penalty, but even worse, though, was the uh, decision to get the penalty against uh, Sango, wasn't it? Because I've seen that on the highlights. He's hardly fucking did he? Yeah, Paul, 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 Paul Van Henk. Uh, was supposed uh, Van Henk. Uh, he supposedly pulled his he pulled his shirt. Well, he gave the referee a decision to make. And Nigel Pearson said if he did it, it's a stupid thing to do. So he gave the referee a decision to make whether it was a penalty or not. But he did a sort of soft, a slow walk up. But then didn't it didn't you know mo most players usually stroke it stroke it into the corner. He almost hit it into the centre of the goal. It was such an easy save for uh, for, for Bentley. It was un untrue probably the wrong player to give the ball, somebody who's only just got on the pitch. It was more out of sentiment than good judgment. Really stupid thing to do. Fortunate for City. And then, of course, he missed another good chance from Kedra, uh, where he couldn't steer the ball in a, a couple of minutes later. But more for Barnsley, uh, more for Blackburn, because we found our second wind, I think, really, after that. After that, And, and we had some, we had a cup, two or three chances to score. Yeah. Ian, you watched the whole game. Um, what, the Blackburns, which uh, Ole and his and also make reference to, as to others. Referee, you know, they're going down all the time. 
Yeah. I don't know if you want to stop the recording for a minute, but your sound's just dipping in and out. Is it? Well, let's yeah. carry on. Let's carry on with I it. Can, how, about, can, how about that? Is that better? Yes. Right. Let's just dispense with that. Let's use that. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. But they've been throwing themselves on the ground the whole game, according to various reports. So you're going to make the referee give a marginal decision at some point, aren't you? Yeah, I think the referee gave gave too many free kicks overall. Um, you, you can normally tell a bad referee in performance because it's punctuated with free kicks. But some of our players don't help themselves. Um, and the play, I'll, I'll call them out. Alex Scott got booked for the ninth time. And it, it was a booking. Like, I'm not going to knock the referee for that. Semenyo um, started brightly, as Mark said, but it soon his first touch became a pass. He doesn't get great service, and he tends to lose the ball to the defender and then clamber all over the defender to give free kicks away. He was doing it a lot and getting caught offside a lot uh, against Birmingham, and he did the same yesterday. So... Um, Whilst I would say I'm, I'm absolutely strange, isn't it? I'm absolutely in line with what Nigel Pearson said. And in fairness, I normally am. It's, it's just what he's done about it that, that concerns me. But I'm in line with what he said. If Masengo pulled the shirt and I couldn't see clearly on any of the replays, um, then it was a stupid thing to do. Could, could you give the referee a decision to make? And the away fans have been baying for people to get booked and for free kicks um, and eventually a, a, a referee at that level or at a lot of levels to be honest get intimidated and they give something um, I think the game changer in the second half to be honest was Naki Wells coming on um, and what he did was what, must, what Semenya was doing earlier on his movement his movement was good now the service to him wasn't exactly brilliant, but he moved into space and he moved the big centre-backs about, which is what you've got to do. It's no good standing there because that's what they want. They want to get tight against you and challenge. So, um, and, and it looked to me, one thing that concerned me about the game yesterday is that Masengo, Semenyo and Scott all had poor games. And I keep reading all this stuff about, oh, they're worth a quintillion and we're going to, you know, they'll be, they'd be sold in the summer. And you've still got some City fans saying, well, we should hang on to them. Well, yeah, but it's not just up to us, lads. Um, so, yeah, I thought Masengo wanted far too many touches when he came on, gave the ball away a lot. His passing was poor. Um, Alex Scott was, was, did a, a couple of OK things, but seemed to me to be off his game. So I don't know whether that's a little bit of fatigue excuse me, coming in because he is a young man. Um, and I thought Semenyo started brightly, uh, but faded badly. And he did the same against Brum. So, uh, and he looked to me like he was sulking a little bit when he got taken off. And that really isn't a good idea with Pearson. Um, no. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Wells started, but, but that worried me about the game because we won the game. Fantastic. Glad of that. Um, but as Nigel Pearson said, um, we've played a lot better and lost. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, if you look at our performance at Preston, for example, another away game, 
we were much, much better than that. We were even yeah, better at commentating. Everybody was raving about Vitengo on that day. Preston fans said they haven't seen a player like him race uh, deep down all season. Uh, Mark, let me come back to you for the goal. I mean, it was in injury time, like the QPR game almost, really. Uh, it was a bit of a sliced pass by uh, Williams to Vyman, but what a finish. Yeah, the ball's played down the left. I think it's by De Silva and Mackie um, Wells drops into the left the left uh, wing spot, fa- uh, facing away from goal, then plays it back to um, Williams on the edge of the area, and he's lined up to shoot and it, with his right foot and cuts across it. Instead of getting his laces through the ball, cuts across it and uh, slices it to the right. So the ball's spinning wildly in the air, and Vyman, to take that out of the air and volley, and volley it, in at the near post was an absolutely brilliant finish. The technique to be able to volley a, a spinning ball like that, it was a great finish for his 17th of the season. And we, we're, we're getting a 20-goal striker on a free transfer, although nothing's free in this yeah, world. Say, look, at, shot, look at that. Bit, that shot was a bit like the one, one of the goals you got against Cardiff, I think. Yeah, the the, the, fin- the right. final goal from across by Semenya. And indeed, a couple of weeks ago, when we played Borough, you know, Chris had shot. I mean, either they go in or they go over, but for him, it's going in. And as you say, Mark, 20-goal striker. Who was the last 20-goal striker we had? Was uh, it, Tammy it, Abraham, Tammy. I think, who scored 23 league goals and three cup goals, didn't he, in his only season with who us? Who was but... on loan. So if he's yeah. the last person that is a fully fed member of the club, yeah, you've got to go back a fair bit to think of somebody there. Yeah, yeah, because I think even in the promotion season, I think um, only um, Tammy Abraham, uh, uh, Wilbraham scored, uh, I think he scored 18 and you had people yeah. like Flint scoring scoring 15, but yeah. I don't think anybody hit the 20, so I don't know who it would who it would have been before that. Somebody, somebody else will have to come up with that stat. But yeah, I mean, he's a great finisher with his, with his right foot, right foot volleys. He's done three or four of those this season and uh, yeah, 92nd minute winner. Uh, how many had? I mean, like like the QPR game, but how many get? How many points have we seen go go down the toilet this season well, from well, uh, from late goals conceded? It's it nice to see well, one at the other end. Yeah, I mean, um, Ian Vyman's form, and you know, I hold my hands up. I've been critical of him and his play. But you can't argue with seventeen goals. He's got to be on course again. Plenty, which is great to see. Yeah, just as well, almost really, isn't it? That he's had the season of his life in his career state. Yeah, at the start of the season, I was concerned about where the goals were going to come from. Um, because if you looked at everyone's average goals, we were on to get about 40 in the season. Um, so Andy Vyman's form has been absolutely fantastic. And, and it's he's in, he is actually in the form of his life. So you'd have to say, as a re-signing, um, it, it's been uh, it's worked out very, very well. And as somebody pointed out on Twitter. Uh, yesterday, you have to give Lee Johnson credit for signing him in the first place. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Vyman's form has been um, has been one of the real positives from a season where there there haven't been many. Let's be honest. Mm. Mark um, Nigel Pearson, I've listened to his uh, conference. He he was full of praise for uh, Chris Martin. Yeah, how did he play? in your uh, view yesterday? Um, you singled him out for praise. Now, that's one thing I recall from that, his, his comments. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd rather be single, single people like Robbie Cund, uh, Robbie Cundy out for play, praise would have been a bit, would have been a bit nice because he was probably our best defender in the match. But he, I think he, he was reliable, got in the good, good good positions. Not many touches in the uh, in the opposition penalty area, but there were there were there were a few held on to, held on to the ball ball okay. I wouldn't say he was he was uh, ex- ex- exceptional because we we didn't get that many many touches that far up the pitch. But I think he did, yeah, he did he did okay in in a, in a resolute performance. But I wouldn't particularly have singled him out for praise. Perhaps it's it's his durability and having having played almost every game for City this season, yeah. uh, his reliability. But then we haven't had um, a like for like swap, have we, Ian? Really? So um, I think that's that's the reason why we've had to play him every week. But yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Durability, but yeah, nothing. Yeah, I'll ask you the same question about Martin, but I also want to ask you, Mark, uh, about Dave Silver. I mean, I can remember when we did our pre-season uh, reviews. Chris Honest said on uh, one of the polls we did with him that Dave Silver was somebody who needed to step up to the plate a little bit more, and he's proving to be a good, a good little player that we thought we were getting when we signed him from Chelsea, isn't he? Yeah, good going forward. Um, I think the problem with, with with some of our defenders, and he is a defender primarily, look, look exposed um, defending. I think and ranking, you know, ranking Constello and and uh, and the guy on the other side of the pitch, we're exposing our our, our wing backs in in the first half. But I think near the end of the game, I think his uh, you know his energy. Helped us to win that to win that game, and he got you know he he got some crosses in at the right at the right end of the pitch. But I think we still need to, to improve you know d- defensively as a team. But um, yeah, he's a good he's a good he's a he's, he could play uh, as a as a left sided midfield player or or as a or as a wing back. I think um, yeah. I just think you know our defensive capabilities we, we might be better served if we were playing a four. Uh, more conventional left and right backs, especially right back. We're really missing somebody from that area. But yeah, Absolutely. Jay De Silva, pretty good. Yeah. Nothing uh, exceptional. Yeah. Ian, um, uh, Pearson seems not to be praising somebody like Cundy by name, yet he speaks to um, speaks very positively about Chris Martin. Your, your views on Martin and uh, I give Chris Martin yesterday a, a six out of ten. Um, Chris Martin needs service, and by that I mean crosses, and he needs the ball played into his chest and his feet. And we don't do that anything like often enough. So that's going to stop him being uh, as effective as he can be. And we've seen in the past when we get half decent crosses in the box, he scores goals. Um, and, and so that's what we need to do. He's also very good at linking up play on the edge of the box. We don't do enough of that either. So I would say Chris Martin's main problem um, is, the, is the lack of service. But you could say that for any of our forwards, and which is another you know surprise as, as to why uh, Vyman uh, has been scoring as many goals. But in fairness, Vyman hasn't been playing furthest forward um, all the time. He's been playing in a more withdrawn role. And, and yesterday was in that position he was by dint of the fact that he was playing uh, right wing back. So I think we need to improve the service uh, from midfield and from wide areas. Um, for some reason, um, Pearson picked up on this in his press conference in the week, that 
we seem to str we struggle in wide areas defensively. We don't defend crosses well, and we don't stop crosses coming into the box. And I think I read a stat somewhere, and people can pick me up on this, but that at one point we were the most crossed against team in the division. Now, sometimes you've got to be careful. If you're playing a 3-5-2, um, it's very important that you, you don't let teams put the ball in between the left or right centre-back and the wing-back. In other words, get it in behind them because that's where you're going to be weak because your central defender gets drawn out to cover the wing-back if he's half the way up the field. Um, that would The best example of that I could give you would be the goal we, the first goal we conceded against Birmingham at home, um, where Bell was ten yards over the over the halfway line by the time their centre back pinged the ball into acres of space out there. So you need to be careful. Um, albeit we were we were playing a four that day, but you need to be careful about that. And in terms of um, Jay De Silva, I gave Jay a seven on his performance yesterday. He defends really well when the ball's on the ground. But, you know, you can't expect him to compete with characters like Kiefer Moore when the ball gets zinged into the no, far post. No, that is his problem. That is his problem, the height. So, yeah, but if he was, on. in fairness, Dave, if he was three or four inches taller, he probably wouldn't be here. No, no, you're 100% right. OK, moving on to Barnsley uh, and what the team's going to look like there. Now, um, no Callas yesterday. I've been saying for a number of weeks at Callas, maybe we make him play the right wing-back position, but... Mark, you first. Um, first clean sheet for months, yeah, without Callas, yeah, with inexperienced Robbie Cundy, the still slightly poorly Atkinson. Um, would you bring him back or or do you put him in that right wing-back position and leave that three there and then push Vyman up front and give uh, Martin a rest? So your thoughts on Callas and that alternative suggestion? Um, playing at right wing back. I can't see him playing at right wing back. I think the biggest concern is for City is can Joe Williams play two games in, in three days? And you think that that's unlikely. Um, do you bring Anmo Sengo in? Well, based on that performance yesterday, no, because he was so far off. Because it just, you know, just caught in possession. He, he, it was like we were playing with, with 10 men. And that's surprising for Ham because I thought, you know, he would have brought energy and purpose to that midfield after Alex Scott went off. Alex Scott did have a poor game and, you know, when he dives in sometimes, you wonder if he's going to get sent off occasionally and he was on another yellow, his ninth. So I think hopefully, I don't think he want to bring bring Han in. So I think it's going to be Williams uh, Williams and, and, and James, James again. Uh, they got Domingos Kinas, who's a, a nippy left left sided uh, midfielder on loan from uh, I think from from Manchester City, who was on loan earlier at Fulham, um, who who could give give somebody to run around. But I think we should just stick with the same side and, and, and ease Callas back in because Callas would be playing right centre back. That means Cundy would have to go. I don't think Cundy can play left left centre back, and you want closer there really marshalling the defence. So I'd stick with the same team uh, and just, you know, be a bit patient. Um, Barnsley have got to win the game. I mean, they're, they're, they're really, they've got to win probably about eight of their last 10 games. 
uh, to scrape, to scrape, you know, to, they got to a good get point. through. They got a good point against yeah. Fulham the other day. I mean, they? yesterday, for most of the game, I mean, Fulham's passing was really off. Uh, their passing and movement was quite poor and Barnsley contained them. And they got a very fortunate penalty. There's no way it was at a penalty. Carlton Morris went, went down under Tosin and he just, he just fell over. I mean, we've, we, we've had worse challenges, 10 times worse challenges than that on some of our players and given absolutely nothing. He, he conned the he conned the referee. It was like it, it was like dancing on ice mm. from Morris. But yeah, I think if we just try and be steady, we need to pass the ball better. But we can get a result there. I think we should get we should get at least a point. And the interesting statistic at Barnsley is that the last five league fixtures have all finished two two. So I think you'll get good odds on a two two, which is crazy. Last time we were we were thirty. We were 30 seconds from victory, our fifth straight one there last season. We won four uh, on the spin under Holden, 30 seconds away from winning the game. And I think Callum O'Dowd decided to oh, pull who else? Who else? one of their players Callum. on the edge of the area. And they, they yeah. scored from the result in yeah. penalty. Oh, but... My money would be on a nil-nil. Uh, Ian, <laughs> um, Mark's saying Callas doesn't get back into the side. And if he does, if Callas does come back, it's only... Um, Cundy would be the one that would have to make way. That would be vastly unfair on uh, a player who put in a tremendous performance yesterday. Well, I don't think we'll have that problem because I don't think Callas will play against Barnsley and I think he'll still be doubtful potentially against West Brom the following home game. So I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily um, look at that. Um, My uh, my team would be Bentley, Atkinson, um, closer than Cundy. I'd switch Jada Silva over to right wing back and bring in uh, Cam, uh, Cam Pring. I think you're really going to have to take a, a really good look at Masengo in training. And I hope that the lads that are being talked about in terms of these big fees aren't uh, I've got little men running around in their head because I think that could really affect their performances because they ain't the finished article. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I'll i be honest, if I'd have watched that game as a scout and not seen those players before, I wouldn't give you five million for the three of them. Um, so I think Pearson's going to need to look at them very carefully before he decides. And obviously the fitness of James and Williams um, before he decides to pick his team, I'd move Vyman back to 10 and Providing he's okay, I'd start with Semenyo and Naki Wells up front and rest Chris Martin to the bench. Um, Because it's a good point, Ian. It's a good point, Ian, that you say about starting Naki Wells because you know we we are safe now, barring an absolute. In fact, we're safe, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it make if he doesn't want Naki Wells because of the type of player that he is, not the personality? If he doesn't want Naki Wells around, then surely to get the wage bill down, if we played Naki and he scored three or four goals between now and the end of the season, playing, i.e. getting value on the pitch, somebody might come along and take him off our hands, right? And Naki's not a bad player. He is a proven goal scorer. Is there a case of giving him a run in the side, half a game each week? Because he's he could quite easily bag four goals and somebody might take a chance on him and we get his wages off the books? Well, I think if if you look at um, a front two, 
if you're going to bash the ball forward in the air, and we were doing that a lot before the WSM came about, um, we still do it too much now. Uh, then <laughs> it's not a good idea having a guy up front who's five foot six. But his movement yesterday caused Blackburn a lot of problems. Now, you could say, OK, he came on, he was fit and firing, and he was up against a tiring defence, which is true. But his movement caused them a lot of problems. Now, if you've got his movement and Semenyo's pace, and you can get the ball in behind, and you can get Ryman in behind them, playing balls through and, and, and playing one-twos and things like that, I think that gives you more control. But you've got to play the ball forward in the channels and you've got to get the ball into feet and you've got to play them in behind. You can't just whoosh the ball forward because for his size, um, and he's not a giant, but Semenyo's not a small guy, um, he's not that great in the air with the flick-ons. He's all right, um, but I wouldn't say he was as good in the air as Chris Martin is. So I'd like, I'd like to see uh, Wells and, and Semenyo start up front with Vyman in behind uh, because Barnsley play a 4-2-3-1 or, or to anybody else a 4-5-1 when they're defending and we'll need that bit of cleverness if we do get some possession um, and they're not a possession-based team they don't whoosh it as much as they did under Ishmael um, but it's, it's going to be a difficult game I mean my money once again would, would be on a draw and after winning it Blackburn a, a draw is is far from a bad result against Barnsley, who'll be scrapping for their life. But I think that um, City should go out with that positive intent, try and get some control and try and score goals because Barnsley, uh, I think over the last six games, they've scored six and conceded six. So they're not a big goal scoring team. They're not a team that likes to dominate possession. So I think we need to get on the front foot, start like we did against Blackburn, but be far more clinical and controlled. Because I think if we can get a couple of goals up there, um, I think we could win the game. Uh, I don't want to start backing us for more one nils because um, I don't think we, we've cracked the defensive problems yet. But um, I, I think that would be sensible. And I think Naki Wells deserves his chance yeah. because he is a goal scorer. And then Pearson can decide, well... Do what is he part of my plans or is he not? And then at that point, you've got to try and, and shift the players. And I always yeah. smile when I hear City fans talking about, well, we'll get rid of him, we'll get rid of him, we'll get rid of him. Yeah, but someone's got to want them and they've got to want to pay the wages they're on. And that's the situation that Bristol City have put themselves in. Nobody else has done that. We've done that. And when I say Bristol City, I don't mean the fans. I mean the management. Yeah, that, That's the situation they've put us in. And it's very, very difficult to extricate yourself from that kind of mess. And it's very, it's even more difficult to extricate yourself from that kind of mess uh, with no cost. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mark, uh, almost to finish. Um, Naki Wells, we, we get some cheese that day. Value by playing him on the pitch. He deserves a chance. And it would make it very strange to see something. Dave, your mic again. Yeah. Mike's gone again. Sorry. But. Mark, Naki Wells deserves a chance and to impress between now and the end of the season, if nothing else, to help him find himself a new club. And if Pearson doesn't want him, just get that high wage off our books. 
Yeah, yeah. As Ian said, it's easier said than done. The club will have to take a huge hit on uh, on his five million transfer fee and his wages. Nobody's going to nobody's going to match that unless he's unless he, he starts scoring goals. But I think, yeah, I think he deserves a start. What impressed me was his ability to hold up the ball when under pressure yesterday. Great shield in the ball when he when he was playing deep, and he dropped into great spaces. You know, on the right, on the left for for the for the winner, always available for the ball. I mean, I think I saw him come on a. I don't know if it was against Coventry or, or somebody else where he just he just kept losing the ball. He looked lively and, you know, he, he looked assured. Just the player we needed when we were go, going, for, going, for, going for the winner. A terrific cameo performance. Yeah, definitely worth a start against Barnsley. Maybe maybe with, 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 with Semenyo, with Vyman in behind. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see who, uh, who, gets, who gets the wing-back slot against Barnsley but yeah Wells definitely to start yeah look look very good but his future uncertain but like the rest of the club you know like Ian said that this is a question of economics who's going to buy players who are on wages you know uh, approaching or in excess of 20 grand a week in in the uh, in the economy that we've got now in the world that we've got now plus a transfer a transfer fee in, in, in around five million we'd have to take a massive hit on that, or, or on both, for the player to leave. So I think we he, he might he might stay, and we might see see the value on the pitch, perhaps for another season. But it, 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 but it's it then then you're looking at have we got him for for another? We got him until twenty twenty three in. Yeah. So then it it would be whether you know we, the club make a new, a new offer, something more realistic. He's in his early thirties, similar you know similar uh, position as Vyman. Would have to take a big a big wage cut, but mm-hmm. you know, does he? He'll be he could get regular games. It's up to him to prove his worth. And Nigel Pearson, perhaps reassure him that it is in his plans. But big decisions for him and yeah. a lot of players at the end of the season. Well, look, we'll be uh, reporting on the Barnsley game after the match. We'll do this at ten o'clock on uh, Tuesday uh, evening. Yeah, so we'll talk how that team lined up whether they got a result. Either of you guys watched uh, the Man United-Tottenham game on television yesterday? I watched bits of it, and I think, the, the, the I mean, it wasn't a great Man United performance, but again, Cristiano Ronaldo dug him out of a hole with three, with three superb goals. I mean, the final goal, how he gets the energy to leap like that and head the ball like that when there's been this behind him. I yeah. mean, he's 800 career goals. For five different clubs, it's fifty-nine, um, fifty-nine hat tricks as well. Apparently, it's just absolutely ridiculous, absolutely ri- yeah. ridiculous amount of goals. The guy is, is a he's a superhero, really. Yeah. For Man, Man United, he's playing in, in poor Man United team, uh, and he's thirty-seven. So yeah. they're putting all their hopes on a thirty-seven-year-old to get in the get in the top four. But apart from that, they they weren't great. No, did you did you see any of the game, Ian? Yeah, I saw all of it. Um, yeah. I, I thought he was, uh, I mean, Ronaldo was absolutely terrific. And, and to be honest, he was a difference between the teams. Um, at 37, is he is he going to do it every week? No. Uh, does he fit into a, a high-press style? No. Uh, but he's absolutely got, uh, got to be the first name on the team sheet. If he can do that, if, if he can do the, the three games a week bit and... To be honest, if you, if you looked at him, I mean, the guy is absolutely fit as a robber's dog. Um, so you know, it it may it just goes to show. And I know he, he's he's an exception, 
but it just goes to show that when you look at some players at 32 and, and their legs have gone or uh, they're not doing it, that, that it is possible to achieve that level of fitness. But as I said, you can't really <clears throat> compare and, 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 you know, you can't bash the kid around because he's a, he's, he's a big unit and he's, he's built. Yeah. Um, so but it just goes to show what can be achieved if you're dedicated and you keep your body um, in, in the in the right condition because he, you know he's not had that many injury problems this season. No. Uh, I, yeah. I think he's a I think he's a fabulous player and, and in a long line of fabulous players. When you were saying earlier on about twenty goal a season strikers, I suppose you'd have to go back to Bob Taylor and Sean Goater, wouldn't you, for City? Yeah, probably, probably. Well, just to say, today we watched the game uh, probably about ten rows from the front on the dugout side. In line with the edge of the Mike, Dave, we we were watching the game from uh, ten rows from the front on the dugout side, in line with the edge of the penalty area where Ronaldo scored. And I mean, it was a sublime shot, and it was just a privilege. <clears throat> he is in the twilight of his career, but a privilege to see a player like that. I thought Tottenham huffed and puffed a little bit. You know, they didn't. They they deserved to get that. Uh, equaliser that they did but then as Mark points out Ronaldo rose like a salmon to head head the goal and uh, it was good and I can't speak for the rest of the ground but we were saying when we were getting the drinks pre-match the concourses at Ashton Gate are so much better than that old part of Old Trafford you know it was really hemmed in down in there pre-game but um, yeah it was an experience and uh, you watch something like that and you think maybe one day but equally you can't get attached to it like watching City scrap a 1-0 win or struggle to a 1-1 draw at home, equalising in the last minute. You know, you, you, I'm a one-team bloke and that team is City. No doubt about that. Anyway, guys, we'll be back on uh, Tuesday uh, and hopefully uh, we'll be reporting on continued good form away from home. Can we win our second?